0: Hi, you guys, and welcome to today's episode of Trailer Cast Conversations. Today, I'm gonna to be recording a conversation with Nicole. Okay, so Nicole is somebody who we actually just got connected on Instagram, like so many of us. And do you know if you have those moments where you're like, okay, this is a person that I know that if I met in real life, we would have like sat down and like had this exact conversation. Um, it's so much fun to actually get to meet you and talk to you in real time. Um, if these Trailer Cast Conversations are something that you're also interested in doing, would you just go to trailercast.com, sign up, okay? There are so many neat things that we can talk about. And what I'm, I'm wanting is just to give you the time and space to get to explore what's going on for you. And then if you want, you can either do that with your real name or anonymously, but I think what's happening with these trailer cast conversations is you get to hear an unscripted, unedited way for us to enter into dialogue that hopefully transitions and transfers into your own dialogue. It's really fun for me too, because like for so many years I've said, these conversations are not something that should be stuck behind these HIPAA compliant doors. So these conversations are not therapy. They're just two people joining each other and offering each other what we know. I like it because I feel like it's like, hey, if this conversation can happen like this, then maybe I could have this intentional conversation with my friend or with my mentor or with my therapist or my whatever. And and it, it kind of shows you what happens in the room and what conversations are available to us when we when we press into what's happening right here and right now. So um You can learn and check out and be a part of all the things trailercast.com. And again, I would love for you to check out the trailercast community, you guys. This is where we go beyond the episodes and we talk about your direct response. So I really want to know. That is so much what was what was I the gap for me in the original trailercast was after like this personal like experience that I'm like hey. What was that like for you? Like what part of you came forward? And so we're doing that in our private TrailerCast community. And again, you can check out all those details at TrailerCast.com. Okay, without further ado, this is what Nicole wrote in. And this is where we jumped in. Nicole, I had an aha moment driving my kids to school. I had been in therapy for five to six years at that point, And I was ruminating over one of my recent sessions with my therapist. I was trying to figure out why I couldn't settle into the place I was in life. I kept asking myself over and over again, what was it that I really wanted out of life that would be a place of hope, peace, and serenity? I was going over some of my old accomplishments and things I wanted to know. There was a real there was a novel I wanted to write, a career I wanted to launch, an advanced degree I wanted to get. All of those things are great and wonderful and things that would make me feel accomplished, happy, proud of myself, but I am not sure that they would bring me the peace and belonging I was aching for. And then it hit me. All I ever wanted was a family that loved and cared for each other with open communication, honesty, and love. I started crying because I had that but I didn't realize I would be the creator of it. I wanted someone to be the mom and dad to me that I never had, and I still want that. But I still have that because I created it. I was just, it was just this little shift, but I felt it at my core. I have everything I really want or need. And if that is true, and I believe it is, then how does the story of my life change for me? It took another couple of years for that shift to take root and make changes, but it did. Now I am in such a different place, but I can look back to that moment and know it was the moment. To be clear, it didn't solve all my problems, but it did give me the confidence and the foundation I needed to tackle my problems and be prepared for the new ones that inevitably arise. I am so grateful for that very moment. I never even told anyone about it. It just happened. I just knew. And then it was so much better. you reached out because you had a moment that was super pivotal for you like in your in your journey in your therapeutic journey in your life where things kind of like sink into place for you would you maybe like walk us up to that point like what was going on in your life where did you come from to the place where you're like whoa I get I get it right
1: (laughs) um so eight years ago (laughs) I gave birth to a premature baby Very unexpectedly. Um, And so he was born at um, 10 weeks early, so 30 weeks of gestation. Whoa. And my husband wasn't there, and (laughs) it was a lot. Um and Nicole, that's a a lot a lot. <laughs> it was a lot a lot, um. And oddly enough, we have been in birthing classes, obviously leading up to that point, um. And during the, one of the birthing classes, our doula, who was the trainer of these classes, um, had handed out a pamphlet of risk factors for new mothers who may need to seek mental health care. Um, because of these, you know, challenges they've either had in their past or how their, their birth went. And I remember yeah. looking over it in class before any of this happened. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I have some of those risk factors. That's really, really interesting. And I should, I should be mindful of that. Um, and then I go to have a premature kid, which is like
0: on the top <sighs> of that list. <laughs> Trauma. Yeah, this is trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: so I knew immediately that I was going to be seeking out a counselor, right? I knew um, it was just a matter of getting through that initial part of the trauma. Um, and so I started my journey with a therapist, which I had seen a therapist briefly um, earlier on in my life, but this was the first time that I was really getting into a very meaty journey of therapy. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I so not only did I have that premature kid and then I went on to have two other children and so during that time um really struggled with postpartum depression yeah. and um you know postpartum depression is just such an interesting animal because it's so different for every woman um and it's so unique to kind of what her life struggles were already um what kind of support system she has all that um And so for me, I think it wasn't that therapy wasn't working, right? So I had that baby, but I had more babies. And so the yeah. the kind of complexities of your life change with each person that you add. And so my journey lasted, I think, a little bit longer than some people would expect. But I think it was good. And so um, this journey was just trying to sort out motherhood in the, you know, context of my bigger life, but also the bigger the society that we're in. You know, we're in a world um, where motherhood is, I think, evolving, right? Mm -hmm. We have working moms, we have stay-at-home moms, we have moms somewhere in the middle. And um, I don't know if sometimes all of us are lucky enough to have a mother that helps us forge that path. And sometimes we have to forge it for ourselves and doing anything new or doing anything where you don't have that role model can be really hard to be like, well, is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this right? Is, you know, you're looking for validation. Um, and you don't always know how to look for that inwardly. Um, mm-hmm. even though you also want it a little bit outwardly, let's be honest. We're yeah, yeah, oh, yeah we're social yeah. creatures. We want to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And so it was really that struggle of that path and, and balancing a very high needs child, right? That's your first child. Um, (laughs) Mourning loss, right? Loss of what you expected motherhood to be what it really is, which I mean, (laughs) wow, a hard one. (laughs) Yeah, Um, That's heavy. Mm -hmm. You know, expecting to have a quote unquote normal baby, but not Um, Mm -hmm. all of those things were kind of coming into play. And so I was sort of a mess, but uh, you know, like, I've always been a person that is inc- totally okay with being a mess and always <laughs> confident that I will find my way out of the mess. Like, to other it. people on the outside, they're like, your car's on fire. And you're like, I totally know. I've got it. We're good. I'm looking for the hose right now. Right. Uh, um and so
0: resonate with that. you
1: know, so in some ways my journey with my therapist and all the hardship that I was going through, for some people would just be like, How are you not, you know, completely just breaking apart? And to some extent I really was, but I also was like, But this is the this is my journey, this is my wheelhouse, this is what I do. I do hard mm-hmm. things like this. Um and so there was n- so therapy for me was like, I don't know, it was just the right place to be. It was my it was my place. Um, To really sort things out Um, So I was always I think in my therapy sessions for me um i look at things from a very existential place right like i need oh. my whole life to have this big view and it all connects right or there's yeah. this theme that's running through it and mm-hmm. when something and purpose and purpose and meaning <laughs> and value yeah. and if i'm not getting mm-hmm. those things then i want i'm like we have to talk about this but not talk about just the problem itself but like why is right. it not connecting back to this bigger vision and so my therapy sessions are really fun and interesting in that sense um I think I like put, I don't think my therapist expected somebody like me.
0: <laughs> I love it. I but love it so like, much. I mean, I think she enjoyed it in the sense we had
1: some really yeah. like intense, like, you know, very existential yeah. conversations. Um, but also I could argue and would argue that some, maybe that was also me avoiding dealing with the actual hard problems because those are hard problems, right?
0: Good, good observation. Yeah. Um,
1: And so it's striking that balance between the two. I think they're both valuable. Mm -hmm. um, But Mm -hmm. sometimes you just need to go get your hands dirty and solve the problem. Yes. Yes. And it sucks and it hurts and it's frustrating and all of the things. Right. But if you're not doing that, then you're you're not you're not going to get anywhere, even though you're doing all of these mental gymnastics, making yourself believe that you are. Um, and so that's kind of where I found my place in my aha moment. i I was calling okay. bullshit on myself. I was like, oh, all right, girl, kay. you're going <laughs> around in these circles and it's getting you mm-hmm. nowhere and you know it. And although that's fun, it's not helping. And, yes. You know, why are you so, um, why do you feel so anxious or so? unsettled you know what is it that you think you're looking for that's suddenly going to fix everything right what is that thing that you think exists mm. right you can't even mm-hmm. it. and so I was like going and I was driving my kids to school so like you know a very not yes, aha! Uh-huh Time you know you're like imagining awful awesome moments, yeah. Yeah. movie moments with like <laughs> music and like good lighting And it's not. I hadn't slept that night. I had messy hair. I was wrangling young children to get into a car, and I'm driving down the street asking myself this question: um, like, what you know, what, why am I so? Yeah. And then, um, I was like, okay, well, is it because I don't have a career? And I was like, no bullshit on that. Nicole, you know, motherhood is a Mm -hmm, valuable mm -hmm. endeavor Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and it's okay to have seasons in life. And, you know, and so I'm going through all these things, calling BS on every single like kind of answer I was giving myself. And then it came to me and I was like, you know, the thing that I feel like I've always needed or wanted in my life, that would be sort of the pivotal thing that would, would make my universe make sense is I always wanted a family. But when I said that, I wanted a family from the perspective of, I need a mom and a dad yes. that could yes. recognize me, acknowledge me, and accept me for exactly who I was and want to support me along that journey. And were are these, these individuals that would give that love and support um, as unconditionally as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that. Um, and so, but I was looking for that, and then it kind of, the aha moment was that, but wait, I just made that, right? I was looking for the mother, but I realized that I now had to be the mother, right? Like, I was the mother
0: creating this. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh my gosh, right? Like, wait, I am the mother. I, like, you've become the hero in your own story. Yes. Like, you yeah you're waiting for the hero you're waiting for like for someone to come in and be like Nicole I will be that I will rescue and all of a sudden you're like wait no no it's me I'm the girl I'm the girl I'm the girl
1: and you and you know what and you want to believe that that just suddenly fixed everything (laughs) and (laughs) I'm here to tell you that did not fix everything but it Mm. changed the way I then framed everything Yes, right?
0: yes, because now yes. it was
1: I was no longer looking for somebody because I had found that person. Mm-hmm. There I was in my mess. That's right. That's um, right. That's right. <laughs> and um, and so there I was. And I realized that I was going to have to come up with those solutions. But now I could make what I needed in my own family. Right. And, mm,
0: that's power. You move to a place of power as well. Mm, like I can. Yes.
1: And mm-hmm. I don't know how. I don't have the, you know, I don't have this map. I don't, you know, all of this stuff is still unknown. But now I feel like I can and I know, right? Like there's this, mm-hmm. this, and it was a reminder that instead of looking outward, I need to look inward. The That's answers right. That's are right. inside. They're not out there, yeah. right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and again, it didn't necessarily. All of a sudden, my life was suddenly perfect. You know, I still was challenged with things that were hard things. But they didn't feel as hard when I suddenly felt like I could find my way through them. And realizing that it was okay to be messy, which I always had known, but it was really, really getting into that, right? It was okay that something in life that was supposed to be this joyous moment, this, you know, all of the things that we tell ourselves motherhood is, all the good, quote unquote, good things but that motherhood has this other side and that other side is just as okay. Um, I would maybe even argue more beautiful because Mm -hmm. you are overcoming, you're, you're taking the hero's journey and we don't look at ourselves Mm -hmm. that way. Right. Like mothers are sort of like the ladies in the background, like helping to orchestrate things when really we're not, we're the warriors on the front lines. Come on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And we need to be there, right? We need to show up, Yes. but I don't think we know how to show up. Like I'm, I'm a feminist at heart and I love the feminist movement, but I feel like, and maybe it's because I'm so far removed from the feminist movement to some extent, but I feel like there is maybe that disconnect. Like we weren't shown how to be the warrior, not only in the workplace and in the bigger world, but also the warrior in the realm of motherhood, right? Um, yes, or maybe I just haven't read enough books to have seen that. I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, you know, the journey has still been going, but I mean, it was a very big turning point and I remember telling my therapist, i said for so long i felt like i was drowning and i was like and now i feel like i'm swimming like it's still hard to swim sometimes right you still have to yeah. keep yourself up still water. work i was like but mm-hmm. i'm swimming and i said yeah it's so different in this place and it's almost really hard to capture in words right like mm-hmm. to yes, describe it, it to somebody who hasn't been there and done that it's really hard to say yeah you really do breathe easier <laughs> right you You feel your power in a way that you just never have before. It's, I don't know, it's this awakening. Yes. Yes. And so, um, yeah, there you are.
0: (laughs) This is, it's so beautiful to listen to you're right trying to put words to something so it's it's why people speak in metaphor or parable or or examples because we're like it's kind of like this or it's like this right and it's like joseph campbell says like sometimes there's a story that's so true like it can only be told like in in these big myths right because it's how else do you describe it than on this mythical level right yes and that's what you're having are these like you're like like my whole life shifted in a car while I'm taking my kids to normal places doing normal mom things. But everything changed for me. Yeah, and it's
1: really weird. I actually like went back to my journals because I'm a big journaler. And I was like, I didn't mm-hmm. even write about it. is right? Isn't that funny? Like, I didn't even write about it. I'm like, how did I not write about this? It's kind of like, you know, what the hell, Nicole? Yeah, but, like, how,
0: <laughs> but how could you, right? It's almost like, hey, look, here's everything. It's like, I got the decoder ring. And now I can write Yes, <laughs>
1: it is actually. I do have moments in my life where I didn't journal enough about it. But I think it's honestly because there almost wasn't enough words or paper to really understand the impact of that moment. And it's so funny when I read your post about all of this, and you were talking about these aha moments, that was immediately the moment that I thought of, right? Because it was like, Mm. you know, again, we go back to the aha moments are these like, you know, bigger moments or these more orchestrated moments. And it was a very ordinary daily moment. And it was also a moment where not visibly anything changed, right? Mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. looked the same. Right. And things were still happening. Yep. I was still melting mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still having challenge. <laughs> yeah. But it just, it was that little just twist in the brain and you could, it felt, yes. it felt physical, right? <laughs>
0: Well, it is, yeah. it is. I mean, it's taking place inside of yeah. you. So there is, there's a physical, physiological, but there's a spiritual component. There's yeah. like a, there's a psychological component. That's taking that matter in space. Yeah. So of course it, you, felt, you it. felt
1: it. Yes. Um, and it was, like, funny. And then you're just, like, going home. And, you know, sometimes you wonder when you have special moments. Like, you, you kiss mm-hmm. a boy for the first time. or
0: Totally. Oh, maybe, totally. like, when you get married or,
1: you know, other things that these moments. And you feel like you're glowing almost. And you're, like, mm-hmm. I wonder if anybody mm-hmm. notices, right? As you're, like, driving home. Totally. Like, nobody's going to notice. Totally. Because you look ordinary and you're ordinary. Mm. Um, and, you know, and it's funny. I also didn't necessarily constantly go back to that moment. So that moment happened about uh, January of 2018. So it's almost been a full two years ish and you know it's not that i go back to that moment all the time to like remind myself um because it's almost like it it planted a seed and it's just like growing mm-hmm. like you don't it's it's become you you don't have yeah. to that's right that's right and um but it is this time that you know again when you when somebody will say aha moments are you thinking about pivotal moments in your life you're like oh mm-hmm. i know i know my pivotal yes. moment right yeah there it is
0: I like the ordinariness of such a massive paradigm shift, right? Yes. Because I think sometimes we are looking for a sparkly, right? Like a sparkly aha moment, like you said, right? Like something like you see in a movie. And it's like, wait, like in the very mundane aspects of motherhood, there's like this special little portal that you literally just drove into where it was like, hello. Uh, And couched in your years of work in therapy your journaling clearly you're very self-aware i hear like i wrote down like strong inner monologue you have got like a super kick-ass inner monologue like you're like when you said you're calling bs on yourself like that is someone who like has done enough work to know what's bullshit and what's not yes yeah (laughs) yeah and then can call herself out i mean that's that's badass
1: (laughs) you wish you could do it more often more actively sometimes (laughs) during some moments of your life you're like why didn't i talk i have a little self-talk there like you know like pull yourself over You're like girl what are you thinking
0: <laughs> yeah yeah hey wait that's not what we I mean, do that's not what we yeah. do um
1: yeah. um uh, anyway, but i i mean it still comes in handy right in the times that i think that mm-hmm. it matters most mm-hmm. and it's a skill that you have to i mean you have to um teach yourself how to do that right
0: say maybe say more about that for people that are like well i don't know that i don't have a strong inner monologue or i don't know how to like tell the difference between bs right and what's and
1: um i was talking to my husband about this so um because uh uh, unfortunately males are not given the tools for that kind of work from Mm. childhood where where i feel like girls Mm -hmm. are more given that right and so he um we talk a lot about this because he's had a life experience challenge and um I could see that he's struggling. Right. And I, and I was yeah. telling him and I was like, you know, sometimes you need to sit down and get quiet with yourself and you think nothing's wrong. But I said, you got to just ask yourself a question. Like, what am I feeling right now? Where am I at in my body? You know, or, or whatever. It's something that's going to get mm-hmm. your mind to start on a, on a ride. And I was like, and then you kind of answer that question of like, oh, I feel some tension in my shoulders, or. Oh, yeah. you know what keeps coming to mind is whatever the, op- the, the topic might be. I keep thinking about my mom or my dad or whoever. And I said, and then you ask yourself another question. And I said, you just keep asking your questions to keep getting at these things that are in your mind or in your body. And, and then, you know, then you start, um, when that sort of snowballs usually, right? Is that when you're like, oh, I'm thinking about my, my dad. Well, why am I thinking about my dad? Oh, and, and, and let whatever comes up, come up, right? Don't orchestrate it mm-hmm. to the point where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I'm thinking about that, you know, like, oh, I should be thinking about it. No shoulds. It's just like, what is? And, um, you know, it, it kind of goes from there. And I said, what will happen is I said, our feelings really want to be heard. You know, they want acknowledgement. And I said, suddenly you'll f- either find yourself maybe in tears or on the brink of tears or suddenly having a memory that as you're letting it unfold, you realize it's like kind of slapping you in the face because it it has a message or a thought or something is in that, in that moment that you need to know. And I said, and it'll just hit you. And then you kind of debrief a little bit from that, or maybe you don't and you take it with you though. And it kind of sits with you and suddenly you realize you understand yourself a little bit better. Right. And it's, it's Mm. slow, right? Like you're not going to suddenly be like, you know, I now can write the book about myself. But, you know, and as you get better at that, you realize you can start going, well, why am I really feeling that? Like, you know, is that programming from my childhood or society or whatever? And what do I really feel about that? Then you can Mm -hmm. start asking those harder Mm -hmm. questions. Um, And I said, the thing is, though, like, when you start doing this, I think what keeps you going is you realize you feel better when you do, even if the emotion is hard, right? Like, even if it's, Yes. fear or anger or, or, or some of those difficult emotions when they've been heard, when they've been given that space, they don't have that weight that they did before. And you feel lighter and, and mm-hmm. that feels good, right? That feels so good. Yes. Yes. Um, and so that's sort of what I've been telling him. It helps when you you do have a partnership or a friendship with somebody that you have enough trust with who can help you do that. Right
0: totally totally but well, you could say that too. you can or hear that from yes
1: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and being married to me my poor dear husband you know i, I don't <laughs> let him get off you know I, i'm i'm gonna ask him the hard questions and then i'm gonna call well, bullshit on the answers when i'm like nope i don't yeah. think
0: that's what you really feel and... yeah i don't feel bad for him i feel like he's <laughs> the luckiest man in the world come on right yeah, i
1: mean i think that it's honestly showing him internal internal dialogue and in the internal world that he actually has and he realizes that that, that he does yeah he realizes there's more in there than he thought there was
0: Mm -hmm. and that the world has asked of him yeah
1: and that he things affect him even when he doesn't believe that they do Mm -hmm.
0: oh that's such a that's such a popular script right it's like that doesn't really bother me i'm fine it's okay right i mean that's like that's like so some of our first scripts yes
1: um, for, for everybody, but I think especially mm-hmm. for men, right. Cause they're, they have this mm-hmm. machismo mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think getting in there and realizing like, no, you know, like, you know, when that person said that thing, it actually really hurts, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's, is, I think it's an important thing to, to visit and, but it also is a hard thing, right? Like I've had moments where I don't want to have the realization that I'm having, right. You're like, Oh, wow, what does that mean, right?
0: Do you have an example of that? Like, is there a moment where you're like, oh, this sucks to learn this right now? Yeah.
1: Yes, I do, actually. Uh, The first one that comes to mind is, so I have a lot of issues with my mother, um, and I was really angry for a really long time. Mm -hmm, Maybe totally mm -hmm. appropriately so, right? And I remember I, um, at many different points, the um, topic of forgiveness came up. And I was like, no. No, I'm not forgiving. No, no. You know, that's not even, that's not on the table. <laughs> no. And then I listened to um, Nadia. Oh, I forget her name. Nadia.
0: Bulls Thank woman. you.
1: Bulls lover. Mm-hmm. And she had this beautiful, beautiful description of forgiveness. And it's really, forgiveness really is about you. It's not about the other person. That's true. And it, so it was this moment of having to come to terms with hearing what I now believed forgiveness to really be. And then having to apply it to somebody I really didn't want to forgive. Right. And that sucked because you almost felt like once you forgive somebody, like your anger is no more, no more valid or you can't, you know, like you're supposed to, but everything that happened is okay. And that's not what forgiveness is about. Right. It's none of those things, but you think that. Right. And so it was really this like come here, girl. You know, this is actually about setting yourself free. This isn't
0: about letting this other person off. Off the hook or something. Totally. um,
1: You need this to move forward in other things. You need this to be a better mother because your children are going to have challenges with you and don't you want them to be able to do this, right? Like, And so, um, yeah, and that's hard. I mean, it's really hard when you're in there and you don't want to do that, but yet, you know, you, you feel it, you feel when the right thing is Mm -hmm. where the right thing is. Right. Yes.
0: Yes. But that's, so that's, again, that's like your strong, woke inner woman though, who's like, this is for you, sister. <laughs> right? yeah. It's like sh- she's speaking to you, you know, <laughs> right? Like that, like inner narrator. Right? And right? like, Damn it. <laughs> like, I have work ah- to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, typically it's like, oh, I'm going to send this podcast to my mom. And it's like, or for yourself right right? like that right it's like oh the thing that i most want someone else to understand about me is probably the work i need to be doing
1: yes (laughs) and and now (laughs) lately i feel like that's been a new maybe not a new aha moment but just a new practice is that when i hear something that makes me uncomfortable instead of just being like oh i have that figured out or whatever i'm like ooh, why are you uncomfortable what is that? Yeah, what does that yeah. mean? What, what other things are going on in there? Because the minute you have that layer of tension, or you feel like like something, just you you have that recoil feeling. Mm. You're like, oh, there's stuff there. And to be fair, you don't have totally. to jump into that work right then and there. It's not like, oh no, I felt that. Like, okay, everybody, leave the room. I've, I've got to have,
0: <laughs> have some work, I have some to, work, do, work to do. I yeah. mean,
1: it's more just a bookmark that you're like. I need to come back to that and maybe not now, maybe not even in six months, but there is something Mm -hmm. there. And if I don't deal with it at some point, that is, that's going to become something bigger. Um, Mm -hmm. That has been really an interesting experience for me because I realized, you know, you have all of these beliefs or ideas about things that you didn't even really maybe consciously create and they're starting to unravel a little bit, maybe Mm -hmm. for the better. Mm -hmm. And that's a good Mm -hmm. thing, right? Always Mm -hmm.
0: a good thing. Yes. There's a brave optimism, though, also in your outlook of like, okay, that hurt. Okay, now I'm going to get curious about kind of why that hurts or why I'm uncomfortable with that. Um. And p- people only do that when they've experienced that. It. It's like something good will come out of this. There's a jewel in here for me. And so yeah. that's that. there's a big myth, I think, that that people who haven't done that work yet are afraid that there's only going to be more pain and there's only to be more hurt. And it's like, no, no then you, have it, you haven't gone far enough. You're just not done yet. Because yes. through that, right, is the oh or the aha or the healing or the thing that you're actually going towards. Well, and
1: I also think it's an acceptance that pain is a part of life. Like, there has been no experience in my life. You know, like, think about it. When you're a kid, you get shots, right? Like, like something so basic, like shots, right? And you're like, that sucks and that hurts. And then as you become an adult, you, um, you know, you fall off your bike or you uh, sadly maybe get in a car accident or whatever. You have all of these other bigger life experiences where you're like, oh, that shot is really nothing compared to this, this next thing, right? Right. And, right. and then as life goes on again, all the different experiences of pain arise. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's You're right. You're never going to get away from that. That will always be there. Pain is part of life. If we, it is. It's the yin and the yang. If you don't have the pain, how are you supposed to feel the joy or the peace of no pain, right? Like mm-hmm. you need that. Um it sucks, right? Like I'm not saying like <laughs> you know, I've accepted totally, it. I'm totally. somehow some like a Buddhist monk and I'm like at peace with yeah. it. I am not at peace with it. Um but I, I can't I mean I've lived too many too many things have happened to me in my life for me to believe yeah. it's ever gonna go away. All yeah. I can go back to is that none of those things killed me so far. <laughs> like <laughs> um those were if i ha- if you really pushed me all of those moments made me who i am i don't want to admit mm-hmm. that i don't want to mm-hmm. admit that it was the hard stuff but it was and some of it was i mean even though it was hard it wasn't necessarily bad right so
0: good distinction
1: that's right yeah
0: i think hard is just hard Hard's not always bad
1: hard is not always bad and i think that mm-hmm. Um, that isn't always the, that clarity of those terms. Mm-hmm. we don't have, right? Because as kids, we simplify things. So hard is
0: sure. bad, right? When you're like five, 100%. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, you operate off the pleasure principle. Yeah. too. It's like, and so it's I bad. don't
1: think that sometimes we have a moment in our maturity where we get to get that clarity between those two distinctions sometimes. And so you carry that with you sometimes into adulthood. And then you mm-hmm. conflate the two. And, mm-hmm. you know, hard is just hard. And, um, mm-hmm. and things are bad sometimes too, yes, but they, they're not mm-hmm. necessarily the same. Um, and that, that can help tremendously to reframe experiences that are difficult, right? Mm. If you can have that language piece. Yeah.
0: So what is, what is the aha moment in the car, the resolution in the form of forgiveness with your mom? What does your life look like right now? Like, what's a snapshot of your right now life?
1: In, in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs>
0: in the middle of a global <laughs> pandemic
1: oh my goodness um uh well honestly uh, i was talking to a therapist friend of mine and i was mm-hmm. like saying you know i uh i have all these tools right i've had a lot of therapy i have all the tools i know i hear it i know how to, I I, right, I I know how to yeah. use those tools and i was like none of our tools were preparing us for a pandemic <laughs> Some of these tools don't really work in the context of a pandemic. And um, so it's been, but it's going back to inward again and saying to myself, you know how to do hard things. This isn't, there isn't a clear path. I don't know what the right answer is, but what feels right? What feels right Mm -hmm. to me right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and last night, my husband and I, cause we are, we have three children that were homeschooling and he's working and I'm in school and you know, it's a lot. And I just, we, we were, we were struggling and I, and I sat us down last night while we were sitting down together and I said, we just have to take every expectation off the table. Every single one, there literally can be none. Other than we know we're going to wake up in the morning and maybe that there's mm. coffee right mm. or something it's like, but essentially every expectation in our lives has to go back down to zero, and then we start pulling things in that we know we can depend on and that we know that we need to be okay, right? Yeah, yeah. It it's hard to do that because we're essentially like sort of rebuilding our lives. But um yes. I will say this that my struggles with. Um, the things that have happened in my life, my story, my inner dialogue, they're still there sometimes, but because of that shift that I had and, and because of the momentum that I've gotten off of that, um, they don't bother me for very long. Right. I'm also incredibly okay with being messy with the, you know, in the messy middle. Right. Um, (laughs) what do I say? Uh, I'm very honest with my journey on Facebook. Like, you know, some people post like the cute, you know, pictures of their kids (laughs) and I don't, I say, you know what happened today? I cried for half the day. Mm, and, totally. you know, my kids probably cried for half the day, and the dishes aren't done, and the laundry is all up. <laughs> and I was like, and here I am. And guess what? I'm going to show up tomorrow to the same mess, and we're going to figure it out mm-hmm. slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get pushback sometimes with that, like, oh, you're not being positive enough. And I'm like, it's not about being positive. For me, it's not about being positive. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's this innate belief that my life and myself is worthy, right? And it's whatever I can make of it, right? It's not about it always being joyful because I've had Ugh. moments that were never joyful, right? Like, it's about believing in, the, yes. in this life and in myself, right? And,
0: That's so beautiful. And that it
1: will figure itself out. And it may not look pretty and it may take a while to figure out, but it will be yeah. okay. Like, it will mm. sort itself out.
0: Mm-hmm. and yeah yeah there, in that there's a difference between optimism and resilience yes. so right okay so optimism is like okay there's, there's probably something good in yeah. here and like uh, resilience is like, oh no, I know it. I know it in my bones, and like, and I know how to have transferable skills of resilience. That I know that I'm gonna sit down with my husband and say, okay, so the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna get rid of all these expectations that are just killing us every single day. Yeah. I'm gonna boil this all down to here. I know how to do this because I've had other experiences yeah. where I was not in control. Yes, um, and it's. I mean, you gotta also. I
1: think that uh, you have that cognitive dissonance when you're wanting something. And then there's the reality of what is.
0: That's and, right. Th- th- this is like everyone's existential gap yes. though, right? It's like right where I am and where I want to be. And that gap is pain
1: <laughs> <laughs> and growth. See, and I, I would argue, <laughs> and, and I think because of the work I've done, I've seen that that isn't pain per se. It's opportunity, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. It's like existential pain and that yes. people are like, like, right? Like they're like, uh it's like the, uh Yes. Right, and it's like exactly jump into that. Jump into that,
1: and you know you're allowed to say, "Uh, it's not that I don't say, uh, because I (laughs) totally do." It's not taking away that angst over where you are. Mm. It's acknowledging that and saying, "Oh, I need that because right now I'm 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 mourning something like a mini mourning, Mm -hmm. right? Like a quasi mourning Mm -hmm. of something, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I just need to give that that space. And then when I give that space, the next right thing is going to be clear, right? Yep. Um, If you're listening, you got to listen to yourself, right? That's the that that may be like the first step. You got to learn to listen to yourself and let all the thoughts come good, bad, ugly. They're Mm. all useful, Mm -hmm. right? Or when they're not, they'll float away faster, right?
0: Mm. Yeah, they're all just thoughts. They're just thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) You
1: don't have to do anything with them if you don't Mm -hmm. want to.
0: what um what ended up happening with your son 10 weeks early oh um well he yeah. just turned
1: eight in march so oh. you know, he's eight like oh my gosh right? it's really hard so he got to come home two days before mother's day So he was in the NICU for 49 days and so this oh. time of year is always a little not hard but like um the facebook you know like memories come up and so he was born at three pounds eight ounces so very 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 small And it's just so weird to see those pictures because in the moment, you're in the moment and you're not really looking like, oh like, you know, your baby's really small, but like, in some ways that doesn't matter. You're focused on other things. And so now having all of this time for retrospect, you're looking at that baby and you're like, oh my gosh, that baby is so small. Um, And just, you're just like, wow, did I really do that? Right? Like, did I go through Mm. all of that? Mm -hmm. Because you don't really have in in moments like that, there's not a lot of time for reflection, because it's every day it's you're just in the trenches.
0: Survival. Yeah. yeah.
1: And to be honest, when you have a premature kid, that survival time is actually really long, right? Like, Mm -hmm, um, premature mm -hmm. children, depending on how early they are, are on their own growth chart and things for up to three years. Um, wow. And kidney therapies and things up to that or, – or, well, for, possibly for the rest of their lives, depending on what's going on with wow. them. But, wow. you know, so you, you you don't measure things in the same way, right? And when you're in the trenches of all of that, you're not necessarily always pulling back to look at how far you've come and that kind of thing. Um, but it's funny because we just had the um, his annual exam, right? Because his birthday, you get your annual exam. Mm-hmm. And, and he is trending at the 73rd percentile for height. So he's slated to almost be over six foot. Oh.
0: And like
1: 50 some percentile for weight. And it's just like, my mind sort of is like, what? (laughs) Like my three pounds, my three pound baby is going to be six foot taller than me. I'm going to have to look up to him someday. (sighs) Like it's hard to fathom that, Mm. but I will say Mm. what that experience taught me more than anything. And I might cry when I say this, because that experience will make me cry. Even eight years later is when you see a human baby work to live, you see it. You really do see it. It's hard to, I can't exactly put into words how you know it's happening, but you do. And it's humbling because you're like, Mm. I'm like this adult with all these resources and all this, you know, I can get the things that I need or want or whatever for the most part. And I was like, but here's this literally helpless, um, human being and uh, he wants to live. He doesn't even know what the world is about. Right. (laughs) <laughs> know Ugh. all the shitty things that go on in the world but he's like <laughs> it doesn't matter he wants to live and he's doing everything in his power to make that happen even under the conditions that he finds himself and it it that stuck with me it's like i will say to myself actually that's a thing i use like um sometimes at the gym like when you've been in classes the, <sighs> the instructor will be say you know it's okay to be uncomfortable or things like little mantras like that And now when I have hard moments, I I remember him a lot. I will think of him like, you know, if a premature kid can like work so hard to live, I can do this hard thing. I can do this hard thing.
0: Good perspective.
1: Yeah, it it helps for sure. I mean, obviously to wish your kid never had to go through that, but I think he's going to be a better person for it. I really do think, you know, that will shape him. Obviously so, but it shapes him, I think, in a way that makes him a very beautiful person.
0: Mm. Do you see that inner fight within him? Like, is that that something that's carried in and on for him?
1: Yeah, he's um, an incredibly empathic person and he struggles with Mm. emotion. You know, he feels it all, which is like really great, but he doesn't know how to create those boundaries yet because he's only eight. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, But he he still dives into it. Right. So even though when things emotionally are hard, like he doesn't shy away from that, he may not know how to deal with it or it may cause him to melt down or whatever, but he doesn't, you know, his teachers, um his teacher had like a death in their family and he was the only one that noticed that she wasn't feeling okay. And he went up to her and he said, you, you know, I think you need a hug today. And she hadn't told the class that that her family member had passed away. And it's like, Normally, I think kids Whoa. would be scared by some of that. To be honest, right? Like, mm-hmm. His, his mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah are hard, for sure. and not him. Mm-hmm. You know, he just he jumps in. Even when I like when I have you know hard days, and I cry in front of my yeah. kids because I need them to see yeah. that that's what we do sometimes when we have hard times. <laughs> yeah. And yep. he'll come up to me and he'll say, "Mom, I'm really sorry you're having a hard day." <laughs> and it's like kind of funny because he doesn't really always know what's going on, but it's like. He's at least trying to recognize that I yeah. see you. I don't maybe understand mm. it fully, but I see you. And um, yeah, I think that's really special. Mm. But I do that think really he's going to have beautiful. to learn boundaries to manage that or it mm-hmm. could overwhelm him. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yes. Wow. It, how, what a beautiful pairing that you are as mother and son that you know that.
1: Yeah, he's um I tell people a lot he's sort of like my soulmate. But not mm. in the way that people would normally define soulmates. I define soulmates by people who come into your life and force you to be a better person. And they mm. do that sometimes in ways that are n- not easy, right? Like we I have a deep love for him, but we have a lot of yeah. conflict too or he forces me to look at something in a way that I never thought to look at it and that is uncomfortable work. Um right? So but I know that that's work that I need to do. And I sometimes Mm. feel like he's more of my teacher than I am of him. Right. Mm. Because Mm. he doesn't have shame for who he is or make apologies. And then he looks at me like I'm the crazy one for, for maybe thinking different. Right. And you're like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got work to do. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's me, not you.
0: (laughs) so beautiful.
1: It's so well, beautiful. Thanks. Um, but it's also, I mean, it's still challenging. Let's be real. It is challenging. Yeah. Um, but,
0: yeah. That's motherhood though, isn't yeah. it? You know, that it's like, this is the most painful, beautiful thing I've ever been a part of.
1: <laughs> yes. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back. Right. Like I got asked this recently by somebody and asked me if everything that I went through, would I, you know, would I wanted to go back. And it was a safe space. I could have been on, you know, I could have said no, maybe, or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I said, you know what, no, I would do this all over again. Prematurity, the whole thing, I would do Mm -hmm. it every single time. um, Because it's made me a better person, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I have reached a level of empathy that I don't know many people can without experiencing really Mm -hmm. hardship. And I was like, I wouldn't want to give that up. You know, I love when I meet people and I can see their pain. And it doesn't scare me, right? Like, That's I remember right. being a person that was scared by other people's pain. Probably yeah. maybe because I hadn't fully acknowledged all of my own or whatever, right? And mm-hmm. there was still work to do. But when you've experienced a deep enough pain and you see other people's pain, it doesn't scare you. You run to it because you're like, there's yes. a fire and I need to help you put that out. <laughs> right?
0: You're totally. like, I have a totally. bucket here, right? Yeah yeah I know how to do I this I know
1: how to do this and yeah. um that's uh, a really great feeling mm. even when it's hard right because again hard yeah. is not bad hard.
0: Hi, you guys, Elise here, your podcast host for TrailerCast podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to let you know that TrailerCast is also available on Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a special community for creatives. And it is a way to support the people that are behind the microphone or um, on the Zoom call or or doing these things called podcasts. So if you have um, been affected by TrailerCast and feel like contributing to the show and the making of the show, um, I'd be grateful. So if you are interested, you can check out TrailerCast.com or search us on Patreon. Thanks, guys. That's right. Oh, I love this. I love, this is so neat to hear, like, the richness and, like, the depth behind, like, your little like Instagram face, right? It's like oh, right. it's like, oh my gosh, look like, like you're like like the the whole story, the bigger picture, the the real you the you, a like you.
1: Yeah, I love that though, because that's true of everybody, right? And doesn't it mm-hmm. make you wanna just meet people and just interview yeah. them uh- about their life? Well you're doing that basically. That's literally, literally this.
0: Literally right favorite. that's li- you got it. That's it's it. Like you
1: see it's somebody like- walking down the street walking their dog and you're like, I wonder what their life exactly. story is.
0: 100% I'm like do you think that we and, oh but no my my husband is always like at least please are we gonna do this tonight like please like I because I for I'm I'm like I uh-huh is this happening? It's, it's happening right now. Yeah, like, it's already it, this is it's already the train's already off the tracks honey so we ate dinner
1: last night at 8 uh, 30 because neighbors walked by and I decided to become BFFs with the new neighbor because I was like tell me your story she had a new baby so we ended up talking about children and her um her child may have ADHD and my childhood ADHD and I was just like, I know about this. Let me help you. And you know, you're connecting. And it's just like, I, you know, I could have I could have told myself the story of that person. And that took away from the actual story of that person.
0: Ah, yes. Yes.
1: And we do yes. this every day, by the way. And it, that has been one of my new also things that I'm working on is don't tell the story of that person. Let them tell it. Right.
0: Yep. And I would take that even further to ourselves. Oh, right. I'm not going to do that to myself either. Right. Because yeah. that like and that's maybe like where we started was like with that inner monologue. It's like the story I tell myself about me, you know, is like, how how dare I? Right. <laughs> what yeah.
1: that? Um we oh, very often forget to write the hero story of our, of our mm-hmm. story. Right? We always Completely talk about died, the yeah. victim part of our story. And to be mm-hmm. fair, I was mm-hmm. fully there, so I know, know that. Don't but know. like mm-hmm. the hero story, obviously yep. we love it because it's fun, yep. we are obsessed right. with Marvel movies. We all want sure. to be one of those characters, mm-hmm. right? but we are and we don't allow ourselves to see it unless we really look at our story and turn it upside down
0: snaps right yes so this but this so this is what's really pivotal we need more stories of women coming forward and saying it's me i am the hero i emerge from that place and this is what it looks like now yes. okay there there's too much of a soft shrinking that happens after we've done a, a hard thing it's like oh but then i had a lot of, a lot of support oh but blah, 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 blah. it's like girl you you fucking did the thing. Stand up and let us clap for you. Yes.
1: <laughs> like yes. With that said, one of the concerns, though, sometimes I have—not concerns—that's the wrong word. One of the things that saddens me, though, sometimes, is some of the people that stand up and do that are not always doing oh, that
0: authentically. Oh, oh right. Oh, 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 we can have yes. a lifetime of conversation about this. It, but you know what? That's quickly recognized. Yeah. So this is the. This is the. I, you know, I'm like I can. I can very. I can sniff that so quickly. I'm like, that's bullshit. That's a lie. That's falsehood. That's a platform. That's, that is, that is someone selling something versus that is a Phoenix.
1: Yes. That's why I've attracted to your podcast, because I feel like (laughs) even though you're a therapist and you've had training and you have to balance your professionalism with your own journey. I think you do that wonderfully, by the way. Um, But I do think like you say things that I'm like, that is real, right? You're not selling anything. You've just spoken truth. And when you speak truth, people hear it. Mm. And it doesn't need to be sold and it doesn't need to be packaged up and it doesn't need marketing because the minute somebody hears it, they go, oh, I need more of that, right? There's none Mm. of that that has to Mm. go into that. And any person that I seem to deeply connect with is because they are in tune with their truth or the truth, right?
0: That's right, and that's so right.
1: when we're speaking it to one another, there's this deep authenticity. That's ha- you know we're just yes. we're able to connect at this level. Yep. Um yep. And it's a really like I can't even tell you mm-hmm. the high that comes from that. Like no drug mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. can touch mm-hmm. that. Right.
0: Yeah. That that you know what that feels like. It's like um. So <laughs> s- <laughs> I can hear my that's dog okay. barking in the backyard. She's like she's like please help me out. Um. Where it's like we when you hear a song that you know, and you're like, oh, I know this one. And I think that there's like this truth song that like when a woman or a a man or whatever, but mainly women, when when a woman is in her truth or in her power, and she's like, and she says that and she's singing it. And it's like, oh, I know that I want to sing with you too. And it's like, it becomes something that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as other women begin to say, I also have a song to sing. I also have a truth within me that needs to be said. Like, and, and that is the connection I felt like, even like, like for you and me, for example, where I'm like, Ooh, I, I'm going to like this person. I just know that. Right. I know that because I recognize the song. Yes. I know this one. Oh, I love you know? that
1: metaphor. It's just a beautiful metaphor, right? It almost then makes me, I'm like, you know, the, the image of birds then comes in and like freedom right. and flight,
0: right. right? Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, like that's, um, I wish we had more of that. Like, I'm glad that this that there are places where you can find that probably easier mm-hmm. than um anytime before, um, I want those voices to get louder. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that happens only if we're committed to singing our song regardless. Yes. So like that, like, right. So that's where it's like, like, there are times where I am willing to take professional flack for speaking the truth. Cause that's more important to me than the, like, Oh, I shared too much. I'm like, you know what? Like, yes.
1: I totally feel <laughs> that. S- I totally feel yeah. that. And I think that, yeah. um, yeah, I just think that we have, um, that change is coming, right? Like that, right. I feel that more and more and more as mm-hmm. people keep speaking their truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a beautiful thing. Sorry. Well, I'm just it overwhelmed is. with all of this. Like, yeah. Right. Like you just want right. to, <laughs> all of a sudden you're like, how do
0: we change the yeah. world now? Like I'm ready. Let's go. We, <laughs> we just talk another 20 minutes. we we'll solve all the world's yes. problems. Right. Hey. So this is ex- Nicole. I, I love you. I have to say that. Okay. Like, but like truly, like that okay. So this is like what happens. And it's like ooh sparks, ooh sparks. And it's like okay, good. Now let's. Now I'll hold that in my torch little thing, and you hold that in your torch little thing. And now let's go find some other women. Let's light their torch, right? Yes. And then it's like that. They're and this is gonna keep spreading, spreading, spreading. This feeling of like, it's okay to be me, and it's okay to take up my space, and it's okay for me to sing my truth song, and it's okay for me to be here, and and it feels so good because I'm not alone. I'm with other people that get it, and. That's just brighter, 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 brighter. I think
1: my biggest challenge right now too, is I want to light other women's torches. But I look back and I go, what would have lit my torch? Right. Like, right when, when I was, when I Mm. didn't feel the light, Mm. right. What would have lit Mm. my torch? And I can tell you a lot of things that wouldn't have lit my torch. Right? Like I didn't, I didn't want somebody to tell me how to do something. I didn't want somebody to tell me to be positive. I didn't, like I didn't want all of those things (laughs) and what I realized, what it came back to what I really wanted, what would have started it is I needed somebody to hold space. I needed somebody to be brave and hear the hard Mm -hmm. things. Not fix mm-hmm. the hard things. Not do just hear them. I needed that's right. somebody to witness my journey, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
1: and yes. I and I needed to see other people in their journey, right? Not right. I mean the completion was great. Yeah, that's great. But I I wanted to see people in struggle because I relate mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things that keeps me posting on Facebook: the real raw sometimes mm-hmm. ugly version of my mm-hmm. life, because I said, that's what would have changed me. Not me telling you that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, partly because so, the light is really you. in you. but like, you know, that but yes. you cannot yes. see that unless you see the path. Like I cannot walk the path for you. You have to walk that path. Mm-hmm. All I can do is try to slip you a little bit of a map, right. Or, or, or yes. hold enough space for you so that yeah. you can, can use your internal compass to find the next right place, yeah. right?
0: Yes, that's um, right.
1: And honestly, that's, that's hard right. because you want to, the place that I'm at is such a great place, and you're like, I want you to be here with me, right? Like, you're so excited, like, come mm. come be with me. And it's another part of my work to get quiet and get still so and good. welcome people, right? But
0: that's so good. Hard. So that's hard. right. Yeah. Because I don't want to rob somebody of their opportunity Mm -hmm. to, to, to get the jewel, to struggle through the thing, to get the thing, you know? Yes.
1: But I have a hard time staying Mm. quiet. So that's really, that's hard for me because I'm, I like talking, because talking makes me connected, right? Which feeds me, I mean, and doesn't always feed Mm -hmm. others. So you Mm -hmm. have to be aware of that. But, um, (laughs) and so... I'm really learning. That is my big, my my um, big challenge. I think in this, especially this next decade of my life, is learning to be actively quiet, right? Actively listening, right? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. holding that safe space for somebody, and supporting them in in discovering that light for themselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that moment of discovery is going to feel greater for them, but then also for me, because it's going to be so genuine and authentic and permanent, right? I think that's the-
0: Precisely. That's exactly I think that's
1: the other thing that I've kind of become aware of is like, you know, you read a lot of self-help books, not that they Mm -hmm. don't have wonderful things to say or useful things, But I think it's like here, do this plan, and and by you know eight weeks in, you're gonna be X, Y, or Z, right? And you're just like the new you, right, new you, and you're just like um, and but it, it, and we've all done them, I'm sure. But like, I don't mm-hmm. know. And some people, to be fair, some people maybe have that new them at the end of it. <laughs> I'm not gonna judge anybody's journey, but I I think that when you turn to your internal self, right, you're you're having that. Mm-hmm you're looking towards what works for you that journey is not charted Correct. um and that journey will permanently get you to the new you there's no going back mm-hmm. once you have that a home mm-hmm. moment there is no going mm-hmm. back absolutely mm-hmm. none you can't you can't unknow mm-hmm. something that's right. where it's like you can give up habits that you learn from a program
0: precisely right? you're right you're absolutely you're 100 right and this is really important for people to learn the difference between like self-help self-healing uh, between uh, right? that's a big one there's i'm like it's huge yeah i yeah that's a whole other right. topic for a whole other time because it's like i'm like i could go on all day on that and that but the helping people to sensitively become aware to sometimes the wolf in sheep's clothing where yes. it's like if it doesn't feel good it might not be good like if it's watch what someone's saying. How are they making you feel in response to your healing? Like, it's really crucial that we really zone in to like, oh, I don't feel good. It's like, then honor that you don't feel good. And that this doesn't feel good. And you know, it's like, you can trust yourself. Yeah, We've lost that. We've forgotten that.
1: We really have. I mean, I think we get um, really caught up, like, oh, well, to be successful, I have to wake up early. Well, what if you're not a morning person?
0: Yeah, I'm not a morning person. I'm not. Right? I, you know what, I like slow mornings, slow, quiet, lingering mo- mornings. I have, I have zero. I never wake up early for that. I won't because it's not true to what's actually like life to me. I like to sit and not rush. I like to look and just be, I'm like, well, and just think about that. If
1: you that. decided that you had to wake up early, you may mm-hmm. miss out on some of the insights internally or externally that you would mm-hmm. get when you were honoring what mattered most to you. Right.
0: And what already is like, this is my biggest beef with it where I'm like, I'm like, I don't need the, someone to drill that program into me because it's not making what's good better. It's already good. It's already good. It's already there. Well, that's (laughs) when I think the big hurdle,
1: and that's been a big hurdle for me too. I think I'm not as big as the aha moment I had, but like, um, really a hundred percent accepting myself for exactly who I am. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. It's not perfect, but it was, That's not it's the point. not the point. Exactly. Yeah. It's not the point. And <laughs> when I was really able to do that, the freedom that that has given me is, oh my gosh, so priceless. And it just like, right? I mean, it is at the point where it's, uh, I had a t- friend, a friend and I were talking about this and I'm like, I'm at the point where I don't, i am not responsible for other people's feelings i'm not responsible for any you know i am responsible for me mm-hmm. and so i can participate in life at a whole other level when i'm not worried about any of that crap and so beautiful so freeing um and when you because re- because at the end of the day at the end of the day if i love me that's all that matters I'd probably maybe add in my husband and kids, but even then you have to have bad- boundaries <laughs> with, you know? And um, sometimes that's really hard, you know? Um, yes. I'm a plus size girl living in a skinny world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have moments where I'll walk into a room and I'm the largest lady there. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, okay. And then I go, you know what? It doesn't matter because if they don't (laughs) like me for who I am, you know, that is, I'm just this meat suit who I really am is like in that head of mine, (laughs) then I don't, then I don't need these people. I really just don't. Um, Mm. but it takes, I mean, I'm almost 40. It took me that long to get to that place. Right. My goal is that I can hopefully get my children to not have to wait till they're 40 to feel that. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe we, I, I mean, I could probably just sit here and talk to you for the rest of the day. Yeah. However, yes. um, what I, I want to maybe like connect that to is you didn't get what you needed from your own childhood, from your own mom. Correct. And yet you are able to do that and give that to like, really, you are, you're doing that. All right. So no shrinking in it. You're doing it. So, I hear that it's possible for people that are like, well, I didn't have a good mom. I don't know how to do this. Like, that it's like you're like, well, look at me. I'm, I'm doing it. Is there anything you would say to people that are like, oh, I had the worst childhood ever, or I just didn't have a great childhood? Um, can they do it? How it, oh, will they do absolutely it?
1: Absolutely, you can do it. I mean, I 100% believe that anybody, despite any of your circumstances, can do it. Um, I think for me, honestly, one of the things that I think saved me more than anything is my obsession with reading and reading books because mm-hmm.
0: I can double down on that for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Because, and it wasn't self-help books. I'm talking like quite literally just yeah, literature, it, literally books, books. Yeah, stories. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what those stories told me is that the human experience is so wide and vast and unknowable, fully unknowable. And that Um, In those stories, all kinds of people found love, or were validated, or were on whatever, right, like, they, I I realized that my situation was just a small, you know, snippet of what is possible, right, even if the story was fiction, it didn't matter, it came from somebody's Mm -hmm. mind, so I knew that it had to Mm -hmm. be possible, right.
0: Mm. Um, I Nicole, yeah, and so
1: that made me, mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, planted this seed of knowing what some of the things that I experienced was bullshit, was not okay. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that there was a, a boundary being violated for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be fair, it took me many years to to sort all of that out, right? And yeah, then I'm still, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm still sorting it out. I'm um, still sorting it out. The other thing is that it's it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get help, right? Like I grew up yep. in a place and for sure in a family that didn't believe in therapy. You know, my mom thinks that um, therapists mm-hmm. are are like witch doctors and and change your. Mm-hmm. We and are. Love them, uh, you know, like we to- um, We, we, are. Yeah, we yeah, are. We totally. do that. <laughs> and I think that when I was brave enough to believe that that wasn't true, and I got help, um, the power yeah. of somebody holding space for you is incredible sometimes all we need to do is speak our truth and when we speak Mm -hmm. our truth it changes everything right yes it does um and the therapist doesn't have to even necessarily say something right (laughs) they just need to be there in that supportive way i mean let alone they will say things that are helpful but um Mm. you just need to speak your truth you need to say out loud i have been hurt i don't know what to do, but I am going to find a way, right?
0: That's right. That's and right. You
1: got to say it out loud. You, I, I, like, I, you can't just say it in your head. You got to say it out loud. It really And in front of another person would be helpful because then that like makes it real. Yep. And it makes it. That's right. And now that you've committed to that, then you've started your journey. And it may take mm. months. It could take years. It doesn't matter because as long as you're on the journey, it will always get better. I love it. Uh,
0: I love it. I love it. I mean,
1: you know, and why not think of yourself as the hero in your journey, right? Because like we, well, we see the heroes yeah. go through hard times, right? Mm-hmm. We see them mm-hmm. lose things mm-hmm. and they overcome like, why not write your story that way so that when you're in those hard moments, you're like, Oh, you know, this is the moment where Rocky, you know, is working out in, in the forest and like pumping, you know, the tree limb or whatever. And you're like, that's me right now, you know, or whatever it's, you know, whatever movie speaks to you. That yeah. you're in that hard moment where the 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 hero has is, is been knocked down and he's trying to come back you know i think it makes it seem more fun when you can think of it that way than sometimes the like kind of mess that it can be right
0: that's right that's right yeah the hero's journey is a very powerful like it's a it's like what was what first like literary yeah. for film tool but it's like it's made its way into um like psychodynamic theory around how we understand ourselves in relationship to others how we understand ourselves in the context of narrative it's such it's, it's such a powerful tool pivotal well,
1: and the hero's journey is about sacrifice which is hard and mm-hmm. we want to be able to believe that we can sacrifice um it's about loss you know it has all the things mm-hmm. right that we may come across mm-hmm. um it's it's speaking to all of those moments that somebody may encounter throughout their lives right
0: do you have a recommendation for a book or a, a tool, a resource, where you're like, gosh, the hero's journey? Like this is where I did, I learned the most about that.
1: Ooh, that's such a great question. You're asking a book person their favorite book, and it's like I
0: know. I- what? I get it. I'm like my books are like other children today, so I think my
1: book collection literally is like yeah. the mm-hmm. one thing I want to pull mm-hmm. out in a fire. I <laughs> about <Here's> my laptop. <laughs> I want those books. Totally.
0: Um,
1: that's such a great question. I think one of the books that has left a huge impression on me was the book by Wally Lamb called I Know This Much Is True. Um mm. it is an emotional journey. Um, but the book does two things it norm it gives you an insight into into mental health right so um Mm -hmm. the story is about two twin brothers one of which who has a very severe mental health disorder and the other brother does not and it is the story of the of the healthy brother if you will um Mm -hmm. trying to save his brother essentially right to save him from himself and it it gives you such a beautiful insight into that world, but also shows you that something so difficult, right? This, this very mm-hmm. hard, complicated relationship between these two brothers at the end is still worth fighting for, right? Yes, yes. And, it, and it's really, it's a book that really shows you the depths that we can go to emotionally, but still be whole, right?
0: Ooh, ooh, the depths that we can go to emotionally and still be whole right,
1: because i think you think something's gonna break you and it doesn't i'm here to tell you Nicole. you will not be broken yeah. you will not be broken. when you think you're broken you just start it over again if you started mm-hmm. up another hill you won't it can't break you
0: yes yes l- l- i want i want to like almost like just dis- close on that. That's that's maybe the most important, one of the most important things someone can maybe hear today is that like you can go to those depths and not be broken. You can still be whole. That wholeness is key. You will not lose yourself. You will not die on this journey. You are the hero and you will come out victorious. That's the way the story goes. I
1: really do believe that. I really do believe that.
0: I know it. I know that it's a true. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I don't even have to believe it because I know it. That's how I feel. Well, like. Right. See, I mean, I have okay, lived I it, what it. So,
1: is. I mean, yep. mm-hmm. I'm at the point mm-hmm. in my life where I literally feel like I could go o- overcome anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the death mm-hmm. of a child, which is like for a mother, mm-hmm. kind of the ultimate, uh, you know, nightmare. And I know that that would break me in ways that would be hard to deal with at times but it wouldn't I would come I would come out of it. I know that I would I know mm-hmm. I don't want to believe there's another thing I don't want to believe that I would but I know that I would mm. and so to know something like that um gives me a strength
0: you yes. know that carries yeah, me your inner through all kinds mm-hmm. of things
1: right Hmm. Mm.
0: Nicole thank oh, you thank you
1: this thank so you for great. your time
0: and just like your story but your wisdom it's just it's so cool just to think out loud with you. Yes. Well, and I'm hoping
1: to um see you in the fall for the retreat.
0: Has to. Yeah, I'm it'll be so fun to watch that cuz it's it unfolds. Yes, so. I'm
1: very excited. I think it'll be very very fun. I hope everything works out to make it happen with
0: I know, I'm living like...
1: in a world of uncertainty. I keep telling myself this is practice yeah. for, you know, we're practicing uncertainty we are we sure are it yeah. sucks <laughs> but we're gonna do it
0: we can do it but we're doing but we're it. it it's so good yeah. well thank you so yo. much you you're so have a wonderful welcome. Thank afternoon you. Thank, <laughs> thank you ditto and i will i will talk okay, to you okay, soon bye okay bye wow that was so that's so cool i love that conversation with nicole i feel fired up after talking to somebody where it's like zing 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 zing. you know um thank you nicole as well just for sharing that moment with us it's um so many things that i was kind of reacting or responding to even as she was sharing um for one when she started talking about um, her postpartum depression so this is ironic but i had really severe postpartum depression after my second son and i didn't know it like that's how's that right a therapist who doesn't realize that she has postpartum depression that is just how foggy and dark and disorienting that experience is it was not until the fog lifted and i would say it was maybe a year a year after it that i was like dude that was dark 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 i i something was off but i couldn't have even really shared or understood what it was um so a word on maternal mental health if if you know women that are pregnant and or about to have their babies check in on them and also it is okay if you have the permission if you have the right to speak into their life to maybe say hey like are you okay like i think if i would have been asked that question i a hundred percent would have just crumbled and been like no I'm not, this is so hard. I I think I would have probably come to the realization of what was going on sooner and been able to take actions and not suffered that long. So whether you are the woman who is pregnant and looking for that type of honest community, I would think about, are there three women or men that you trust to check in on you ask you the hard questions and ask them to continue to check in on you and then if you are the people who are that community just be willing to ask the hard questions and know the resources that you can point them to so just that little word on ppd um i'd love to also think about alongside you um aha moments it is so neat to hear when those moments just kind of like hit you when you're in like the most normalist of places. So when I'm working with people, I often hear they'll say, it's when I'm in the shower. It's when I'm going to the bathroom. It's when I'm driving. It's like when you're kind of doing like a nothing, right? You're just kind of like there. And I have a theory on that. I do think that when we turn off our doing, then all of our like knowing emerges. When we turn off our doing, Our knowing emerges. And so when you are driving, you can't also, well, we should not, I guess, also be doing all these other things. There's an opportunity for us to come to awareness of what we know and or are learning. And Nicole had one of those aha moments where everything she longed for, she realized she had already lived into it. And I just can't help but think like, man, what if she wouldn't wouldn't have taken that drive that day And, and come to that knowing that, hey, it's already here. You know, sometimes I think we go so far in our lives without realizing that it's like, hey, it's already good. It's good. It's good now. That that safe mom I craved, I am that. That super fun and funny marriage, I'm in that. The house that is home, I live there. <laughs> it's like it's here. I don't have to keep waiting because I'm not seven anymore, 10, 13, 15. I'm an adult and I can make that space and place for myself. And so I'd love to know how that maybe connects to your own childhood longing. There are things we commit to when we're younger, and maybe this, it'll help when I frame it like this. When you say, well, when I'm a parent, I'm never going to fill in the blank. Well, one day when I have my own family, I'm going to do it like this. You don't understand me. So when you think back on your own childhood, if you ever made giant declarative statements like that, where you're talking about the wronged ways and the renewed ways that you'll do, sometimes we don't realize that we're still that kid waiting for that thing to happen. Or maybe our declarations were quiet. I was an internal processor growing up. And so I would very much just stare my one of my parents right in the face and, with just fierceness and it's in my heart be like, I will never be like this. Just internal fire. Like I will never, I will never. And as an adult, it's like, I want to look back and tap into that, some of that internal rage and feel like, whoa, like that was a person who was very upset and felt very wronged. And does she still need some help? Does she know that she doesn't have to have that like, I, I don't know. I'm not in that family system. I'm in my own family system that I get a say in. And so I think part of like the, the true journey to self-awareness is realizing that you are the healthy adult, that you are the protagonist of your own story. You are not a side piece. You are not the character. You are not the, the like the victim, the martyr. You're the hero. So I'm going to say that again. You are the main character of your story. You are not the passive victim or the side act of your life. When you step or move towards stepping towards being center, the person in power, then you get a say. And that is the transitional piece that Nicole makes in this episode as she realizes, dude, all the things I've been waiting for are right here. Now, if you are <laughs> like me, you'd be like, yeah, but like, but Nicole still didn't get that. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, Nicole at age seven didn't get that, but Nicole at what, 37, 38 is getting that there is a true redemptive quality. And I know this from my own experience of while I did not have the mom or dad that I would have personally crafted for myself, that I know as I live into these adult roles and get to parent my children, that I also get to re-parent myself. And the healthier I get, the healthier my relationships look like with other people who also parent me. There are men and women in my life who parent me. And there is an eight-year-old girl in me who rejoices. So it might not look the way you think. And maybe this sounds like a bunch of like I don't know, <laughs> psycho mumbo jumbo. Um, you can meet me in the trailer cast community to deconstruct that if you want, but I would like for people to understand that the childhood wounds that we have are able to be healed in real time as adults. That is not something that you just have to be like, well, that'll never happen for me. No, it can. It does. I don't know how else to explain it except you have the experience of your eight-year-old, nine-year-old, four-year-old self receiving healing, and you're like, whoa, okay. It wasn't my exact mom, but something happened where that wound just isn't there anymore. I'm kind of just been released from it. So more on that, you can te- check out um, also the TrailerCast community I'm referring to. If you go to TrailerCast.com, you can read all about the the ways in which we're entering into community and talking about these episodes and how it relates to your own story. Um, something that caught me from Nicole, she had this like super rad, strong inner monologue I don't know if you noticed that, but like you could hear when she was talking and what she was saying to herself, I was like, evidence of some good work. Um, The other thing I thought was super funny, this is a direct quote. She says, I don't think my therapist expected someone like me. And I'm like, oh man, I have thought that. I don't know how many of you have thought that, but I'm going to speak to this from both sides of the couch. As the client, with every therapist I've had, I'm like for sure thinking, oh man, what does this therapist really think of me? Like, am I the craziest patient she's had? Am I the most fucked up patient she's had? Am I the, like what, like I just, I am sure that they're like, I I really just want to know what she actually thinks. And I think a lot of us think that. So like when Nicole said, I don't think my therapist expected someone like me, it's just our projection. It's just the client projection of like, I want to know what you think about me, I think is the heart of what is underneath that, is I want to know what you see in me and what you expect of me, because I'm, I want to see me through your eyes. From the therapist's perspective of that, um, I don't think, well, I'll speak for myself, I don't have expectations of the person who comes to therapy. So I'm not sitting there thinking like, wow, here comes Susie, and this is exactly what I expect of her. When Susie comes, I'm like, there's Susie. Yes, like I can't wait to see her see herself today. And so, from the therapeutic perspective, um, I hope to maybe just debunk that as a therapist, we have ugh, the ability to see beyond the stuff and to the heart of who you are. And the non judgmental experience is that I can hear the worst of the worst, the darkest of the darkest, the hardest, man, the stuff that you just don't want anyone to know and still see beauty, 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 good, 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 pure, pure, pure. And then we move towards integrating and aligning the real and true version of who you are in and with and holding all that stuff. Okay. We don't dissect you from your story. We, we hold all of it. So it's no longer fragmented, but it's total. The place where I want to wrap up this episode is how Nicole kept referencing looking within. Okay. Um, if you haven't read Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, I think that this would be a great accompaniment to this episode. So what... Um, and the, also the work of Hillary McBride, we're talking about internal versus external and going into my embodied experience of self rather than the external of what others think. And so this is the, it's a paradigm shift where I go from what do you think about me to what do I know is true about myself? What I'm afraid others are going to see versus what I see and letting that be louder. And so I also borrow from this philosophy where I know that all the ingredients that you need to bake out wholeness are already within you. What a therapist, guide, coach, or whatever, whatever we're doing, we're just trying to say, hey, you got a little more of this, a little bit of that. Okay. And then we throw this stuff out because that stuff is affecting the ingredients that you're using to keep baking your cake. It's poison and we need it out of the mix. When we do that, we return to our true selves and all of the experience, wisdom, and everything that is within you. Those things are refined through conversations like this, where it's like, oh, I didn't see that. That was sitting right there the whole time. Oh, I didn't know that about myself. But now that you say that, you're like, you're right. I do have that transferable skill. I went through that PPD and now I know how to exist in quarantine. Like, oh, you're right. I can do hard things. Like, so we're just trying to help you see what's already there. And so I want you to maybe, I'd like to know what you think about borrowing from that framework of looking within rather than looking without and being able to trust your own knowing. I know that there is a rebellion in there, guys. I know that that's not like easy, that that does require, you know what it does for me? It requires me to refute everything that negative or hurtful people said about me it requires me to refute my own inner critic that says you can't trust yourself, and it requires me to, to find and harness my own true inner voice that says, "Mm, I do know me, I can trust myself, I am who I am. That is where we want to live from. So let's push into that this week, and I will look forward to catching up with you in the trailer cast community. Cheers!
1: Thank you for listening to TrailerCast with Elise Snipes. Visit TrailerCast.com to listen to all of our recorded episodes. Sign up for Patreon to offer support for the show and get access to group sessions, extra bonus episodes and content, and our private Instagram account, where we continue to grow the TrailerCast community. Follow Elise on Instagram at elise_snipes_collective underscore collective and learn more about her work at EliseSnipes.com. Lastly, we'd love for you to take a moment and review the show on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Cheers and see you next time.